Welcome back to the big program, creeping up to 10 o'clock on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. And we welcome in one of the all-time greats of the double E, Terry Vaughn. TV, how you doing, big guy? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, just great. It was just super to see you about a month ago uh, when uh, you came to Edmonton and became the 42nd player to earn... Uh, I guess the team's uh, a great honor to go on the Wall of Honor. So just kind of look back on that uh, experience and and what it was like uh, for you to um, to uh, just be a part of that ceremony. Well, I, it definitely was a surprise. Um, I had a I was on a call with Dave Jameson and Ricky Ray was on the call and uh, Alan was on the call and you know we were just chatting it up. And probably 10 minutes into the call, you know, they let me know that I was going to be on the ball. So that was uh, definitely a surprise. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, it was a good experience. So when I spoke with you, Terry, at the, uh, uh, in the uh, alumni room the day before the game, we had a quick little chat and we were, you know, just talking about all the, the the great times you had in Edmonton, and and the the teams were so good. Every second word out of of your mouth was team. You know, our team, this, our team, that. It was just great to be part of a team, and that that's kind of how you are as a person. It was never about yourself. It was always about uh, the the team accolades. Can you kind of just uh, tell our listeners where that came from and how that attitude and how you perceive that? part of, uh, of how you are as a person? Um, playing sports uh, at an early age, uh, playing baseball, um, being part of a team, and uh, understanding how teams work and everybody kind of has their role to fill. Sometimes your role is small, sometimes your role is large, um, but it's still a vital role on the team. And, uh, you know, uh, I've always enjoyed that aspect of sports and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's the part of sports that I love the camaraderie with the team and, you know, no matter how small your role is, it's still a vital part. For sure. Terry Vaughn's our guest on the Kevin Carey show sports 1440 uh, team. I mean, 2003, it was a heck of a team that won the Great Cup. Just kind of run us through how everything came together for you guys that season. Well, I think uh, it, it started in 2002. Um, that sort of led to 2003. 2002, we knew we were good, and we knew we had a very good opportunity to win the Great Cup. Um, we had the Great Cup in Edmonton, and... You know, we just not, did not play our best football that day. Um, and elements had a lot to do with it. Uh, you know, the the grass was, you know, we played on ice, basically. <laughs> you know, so, but it, it, we just did not play a good football game that day. Uh, we went into the next season pretty much uh, vowing to uh, – Right, right the wrong, you know, of losing. And, uh, you know, so, and it was real simple. You know, man for man, we always felt we had the best team, you know, and we didn't have to do anything. We didn't have to trick you. We were just going to beat you, flat out beat you. You know what we're doing, but you can't stop us. 
that was sort of our attitude that season. And, uh, yeah, it kind of led us to the Grey Cup that year. We were very motivated. For sure. We are with uh, Terry Vaughn this morning on Sports 1440. Um Terry, would you say, and look back, we had Ed Hervey on uh, about a month ago talking about uh, the Labor Day Classic and the Labor Day rematch, uh, you know, a few days later in Edmonton. Uh, How much was that kind of a tipping point and a turning point uh, of the season for you guys? What happened in Calgary and then what happened back in Edmonton a few days later? Yeah, Calgary that weekend, uh, that week, um, It got out of hand a little bit, you know, uh, definitely did. And, uh, you know, for me, I was really upset because I had never lost a game. Whatever team I was playing on, that team won. So I had never lost a Labor Day Classic before until that particular day in Calgary uh, playing playing for Edmonton. When I was with Calgary, I never lost. When I was with Edmonton, I never lost. So uh, losing that game, you know, I was pretty bothered by it. And uh, I'm pretty sure I just remember after the game, I was I was a butthole to uh, some of the reporters. <laughs> I didn't really want to hear it. Um, but we were very motivated, you know, you know, a couple of days later, you know, when we had the uh, game in Edmonton, and uh, uh, I'm pretty sure it showed. Mm-hmm. We played very well. Um, but a lot of emotion goes into that game. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of friends on the other team, but, you know, for that week, you know, we're not friends. So, For sure. Uh, Terry Vaughn is our uh, guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Terry, was it a tough decision for you when you were in Calgary to decide to come to Edmonton? Um, kind of run us through that process. No, it wasn't. You know, uh, at that when we won the Grey Cup in '98, you know, taking a look at the landscape of the team, we had nine, eight or nine guys that were all stars, mm-hmm. and so I, everybody was due. Everybody's contract was up, and you know, I kind of saw the writing on the wall from the standpoint that they're not going to be able to sign me for what I would like. And uh, so I started uh, speaking to other teams. And uh, prior to that, uh, 48 hours prior to that, I was headed to Saskatchewan. Hmm. And... uh, Hugh Campbell got me on the phone. He was like, Terry, you know, I need, really need to speak with you. Could you come and see us before you take your trip to Saskatchewan? I was like, sure. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> several hours later, I was doing an interview and uh, I had signed with Edmonton. And, uh, you know, uh, quite honestly, I didn't want to leave Calgary. I didn't, I enjoyed my time in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fishing, love the outdoors and stuff like that. And so um, I think the biggest issue going to Edmonton was a lot of the guys in the locker room, you know, we didn't like each other, mm-hmm. you know, on the field. <laughs> so, you know, we had to bury the hatchet fairly quickly because we were teammates now. But other than that, um, you know, the opportunity to stay in Alberta, 
was uh, ultimately what I what I wanted. Uh, Terry Terry Vaughn's with us. So Terry, uh, you just t- touched on the fishing that you did, uh, and I, when I was working in Calgary before here, and you were there, uh, Alondra Johnson used to go out all the time, and I'm sure you guys threw a line in together. What was that kind of like? Yeah, we'd follow each other. Yeah. You know, he'd show me all the spots that he would go <laughs> to and stuff, and uh, uh, we'd go along the Bow River and uh, mm-hmm. do some trout fishing and stuff like that. So. Um, that's you know kind of how we would spend our time fishing or golfing or yeah. you know doing something outside though um, um what what drew you to fishing and, and and again even now you mentioned golf do you still get to to hit the little white ball around a little bit now or what no almost oh. never oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm usually uh following my son who plays soccer and uh you know uh, following his endeavors, so mm-hmm. I don't get a chance to play golf like I would like to because you know typically we have soccer games on the weekend. We're in California, Utah, traveling around the country, going to soccer, playing soccer games. So um, don't have a whole lot of time for golf. So uh, let's uh, kind of expand on that with uh, with your son and, and kind of following him around in, in soccer. And uh, what's that kind of like just to be you know like a, I guess a soccer dad. Yeah, I'm a soccer dad. Um, uh, tell you who else is a soccer dad? Milt Stiegel yeah. is a soccer dad. So we routinely run into each other uh, during tournaments across the country, you know, Dallas, hmm. Tampa. Um, yeah. So we get a chance to catch up when we see each other. Um, but it's, uh, it's fun. You know, uh, it's something that I did as a kid. Uh, playing soccer and uh, something that I put him in um, with the emphasis. I assumed that he would eventually, you know, uh, play football, but that never happened. It never occurred to me that he'd fall in love with soccer. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's kind of what happened, and uh, and I'm okay with it. It's uh, I love the sport, uh, and it's good father son time. You know, mm-hmm. so. Um, good bonding and uh, yeah, I love it. It's fun for sure. Text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. If you've got something for TV, let us know. Um, you made the transition post career football uh, into um, a job where you're a parole officer um, for what fifteen years now. So, what has that transition? What was it like for you? And where are you at with that today? Well, I'm still doing that. I have about three years left before I retire from that career. Um, I love it. It's it's the I guess the best thing I like about it is the flexibility that comes with the job. Mm-hmm. You know, the ability to travel around the country, following my son play soccer. You know, the job allows me to do that. So I like that aspect of it. Um, but the job itself, really, you have to be empathetic towards people Mm -hmm. and their situations and you know you're trying to help people kind of put their lives back together you know once they get released from prison um Um, yeah go ahead yeah so i mean a lot of people um do get their lives together and move in a different move in a positive direction so um that's fun to see 
Uh, former double ear Terry Vaughn is our guest uh, on Sports 1440. Um, recently inducted into the double uh, E Wall of Honor about a month ago. Uh, well deserved. Uh, so, with being a parole officer, was there? What are some of the things you took from when you played? Um, qualities, uh, leadership, things like that, that you can kind of translate into a day to day on a day to day basis with the, being a parole officer. Well. Um, I have in my office, I have pictures and, you know, me playing, you know, football and baseball and stuff like that in my office. And so it's a, it's, it's an icebreaker. Oh, you played football and, oh, you mm-hmm. used to play with the Cardinals and, you know, this and that and what team is that? And so it's, uh, it's definitely an icebreaker and, you know, people feel a lot more comfortable uh, talking and opening up and you know that's uh, that's the good thing about it you know most people enjoy sports or enjoy football and uh, so it's you know it makes it easier to communicate with people mm-hmm. you know and uh, you know when you're meeting a person for the first time uh, Terry why do you think you you guys were so close on that you know that team 20 years ago 20 plus guys you know yourself and uh you know Singer Mobley and and Ed Hervey who we've brought up uh, and um uh, guys like Shannon Garrett uh, why do you think there was such a such a a, a, a close knit team uh with the double E back then um well when you say all those names just think about it who was the leader of that team? It's it's hard to say, right? We we had so many guys yeah. that were veteran guys, and you know everybody, you know, depending on what game. Some games, Singor was the, the the team leader, or I, or Shannon, or Ed. You know, so that uh, team leadership, you know. Or Sean Fleming, we, mm-hmm. we had a lot of guys that stepped up and uh, you know led us at different times, and uh, that was the strength of the team. You know, you had a lot of veterans mixed in uh, with a lot of good young players, and you know that's sort of the formula for winning. You know, young teams, you know, don't win. It's it's very hard <laughs> when you don't have a good mix of veterans and young talent. With Terry Vaughn, uh, former double year, and joining us on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. When you heard all those guys, and I mean, I I heard Sean Fleming say a few words and things like that in the alumni room, uh, what did that mean to you when when a lot of your former teammates kind of um, told everyone about the type of person that you are? Um, What was that like? Well, that that was kind of cool. Uh, I think, <laughs> you know, um, from the outside looking in, you know, uh, you know, most football teams we have that foxhole mentality. You know, um, no one's going to be able to turn this team around or accept us. And uh, you know, you get to learn a lot about a uh, about a person and what motivates them and. Um, you know, I was motivated by team success. You know, I had my own success, but, uh, you know, I, my role mm-hmm. is bigger than other pieces, some other guys' role on the team. And, uh, you know, I, 
just tried to do my my part, um, be a part of the team, not bigger than the team, um, and uh, so most most guys knew I was a team guy, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, I wanted the best for everybody, you know, and that's all we want. Well, you were a great team guy, and you, I mean, the personal accolades speak for themselves and uh, very well deserved, Terry, to be uh, the uh, 42nd uh, player to go on the double uh, E uh, wall of honor. Very well deserved and uh, enjoyed your time when you came up here and uh, really continued success. And, and hey, try to get uh, a, a couple of rounds of golf in here. I mean, uh, you deserve it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Soccer, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're, we're all over the country playing soccer. You know, so um, honestly, you know, it's uh, it's about him mm-hmm. and his, you know, him trying to fulfill his dreams and stuff. And so, um, but it's uh, I'll try and get some golf in whenever <laughs> I can. Well, we wish you all the best, uh, and maybe uh, you can come up here for another. I don't know, some sort of a little reunion to just uh, so everyone can kind of see you again. Thanks for doing this, Terry. Appreciate it. I'll definitely it. do that. No problem. Definitely. I'll, I'll definitely make my way back. Um, I had a great time. All right. All right. Thanks for doing this, Terry. All right. You have a good day. Yeah, you too. That's uh, Terry Vaughn, double uh, E wide receiver, one of the best uh, in the business, uh, probably one of the top. Well, I think years ago they had a, a, a you know the top fifty players or a hundred players. I think he was in the top fifty years, you know, not too recent uh, when the last survey was done. So, uh, phenomenal player, uh, yards after the catch, uh, one of the best ever to play in the CFL. When we come back, we will check in with former uh, NHLer Edmonton Oiler Jason Chimera, who's also you know he's doing some coaching too. So uh, that's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Here we go, uh, 1019. Uh, we're going to hook up with Jason Chimera in uh, just a moment. Um, Blue Jays back in action today. They got six games left, the Blue Jays. So, interesting situation when you look at it. Um, sitting comfortably. We, can you call it comfortably in the American League wild card standings? A game and a half up on Houston. Astros beat Seattle uh, last night. Mariners have now lost four in a row. Texas all of a sudden rolling. Winners of six straight to lead the American League West. The Jays will send Kevin Gosman to the hill tonight. And he's been very good against the Yankees. Uh, just a couple of Ernie's and three starts against the Yankees this year. So uh, the Jays, if they can get take care of business against uh, New York, they'll be just fine heading into the final three games of the season against uh, Tampa Bay. All right. Now, let's welcome in our next guest, our final guest of the day, and it is uh, none other than uh, former Edmonton Oiler, former NHLer, uh, Jason Chimera. Chimmer, good morning. How are you, big fella? Uh, pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, and, boy, we've been talking to a lot of, uh, well, soccer dads, hockey dads, uh, football dads today. Uh, you qualify in that. The last time I talked to you, you were coaching your daughter's team at West Edmonton Mall for the War for Roses. That's what it was called, War for Roses. Uh, how did this season go, coaching your daughter, and kind of touch on that uh, tournament in uh, West Edmonton Mall? Yeah, it's a pretty. Uh, it's kind of like the brick series for the girls. So it's a 
kind of a platform where they could show against, um, you know, the girls don't get the chance to play against a team like Boston, Connecticut. Uh, there's a team from like Chicago area, so Vancouver, uh, Saskatchewan. So it's a pretty cool event for the girls, and uh, the malls are kind of a lends itself to a kind of a platform where they kind of more people watch a game than than they would just uh, kind of by just by half of my nature in the mall. So it's, it was a really cool event, uh, uh, really cool for the girls to play it, and just a really fun fun thing for them. And you guys made it to the final, right? Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, don't remind me. It's still hurting for it because we we, uh, we we lost in overtime, one nothing. But uh, you know what? The girls, uh, the Canada goalie played unbelievable. I think we outshot him like three to one in the shots and uh, just couldn't score. But the girls played phenomenal and um, you know couldn't ask for more. It was no told the girls. Sometimes you don't need a trophy to to, mm-hmm. to know your winners. And so, uh, but it was it was a fun event. And like like I said, it still still hurts that we lost that game for sure. <laughs> Uh, former Oiler and uh, NHLer Jason Chimera is our guest on Sports 1440. You guys traveled all over um, for tournaments uh, in, in over the course of the season. Where did you go? Yeah, so we went to well, we went to Calgary a couple times, and, uh, and we went to uh, Carolina for a tournament too. So that was fun, uh, and uh, Charleston there. So that was a fun tournament. Just kind of uh, long way to go for a tournament, but it was like <laughs> when we got there, it was, uh, girls loved it. And, and, uh, just a fantastic event again. So the chat for, like I said, is, it's a really cool event for these girls to play against girls from all over the, all over North America, which they wouldn't normally get the chance to do that. So um, pretty thankful to be a part of that. I think you told me when I interviewed you at uh, West Edmonton Mall that the girls listen to the coaches a lot more the bo- than the boys. Is that true? Yeah, I, I well, um, I, I think in general, um, I, I put it this way, girls, um, they need to have fun to play hockey and then boys need to win to, to have fun. So I think it's a, um, it's just a different atmosphere with the girls. Um, I think there's no preconceived notions of going anywhere with the, with the girls game, but now they have a platform, which is the girls pro league, which is kind of cool for them. And kind of all these girls are paving away for, for the next generation of the girls coming up. And uh, just, uh, just there's a different, different atmosphere around the girls game. And just, uh, they listen, they have fun they work hard and they really cheer for each other. They, they celebrate uh, other people's goals and other people's accomplishments, which was, which is kind of lost in hockey, I think a bit with the guys game. And um, so it's just, uh, it's a really cool atmosphere to be around these girls and to watch them play. And, and you know, I was really surprised at the talent level too, of all these girls was, which really, were really high. And it was just uh, really fun to watch. And how much have you seen, have you the, seen the women's game the grow, the girls game grow since you've kind of kind of been involved in it? it's just it's it's come crazy i think it's uh now with these like i said like now that you kind of the momentum is building for these girls with the platform and uh more games more girls are getting in the game and um better coaching now for the girls i think that's that was a big thing coming up there was a was a good coaching for the girls now more more people are involved that they want to be part of it and uh you just i see i see girls game nothing but kind of go going forward Mm-hmm. Text coming in to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. We'll get to a couple of those in a second. Chimmer, uh, when you were uh, growing up in Edmonton, um, playing your minor hockey, kind of run us through where you played your minor, and then when you end up to be, I guess, KSC Pats. That's where you played midget and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in Millwoods, and uh, kind of grew up in the Millwoods era where uh, we were. We had a really good uh, association. We had a lot of good players come through there, and. Uh, 
and like I said, then I went up to Southside KC, and from there uh, went on to Medicine Hat to play junior and through Medicine Hat and Brandon. So, but um, yeah, I grew up in Millwoods, and that was where my hockey was, and it was a really, really good place to grow up. And we kind of had a, had a team which stuck together for a couple of years, and um, so it was really fun. Uh, who were some of the coaches, I guess, in minor hockey and even in the Alberta? Under 18 league, I know I'm going to get in trouble again for saying the M word, but uh, who are some of the coaches that kind of helped shape and mold you uh, to where you got to go to a medicine hat and things like that? Yeah, so we grew up in kind of like um, um, Woods where the parents kind of grew up, uh, coached before, so my dad coached for a bit, and as I got up to Southside, um, Ben Dorgal uh, was coaching, uh, Larry Draper was coaching my Adam team, um, um, Mike Majority from uh, South Side. So a whole bunch of guys are like really instrumental and we kind of paved the way and um, really good guys and guys I still kind of keep in touch with nowadays. So uh, uh, it's pretty cool to see that come, kind of come um, the whole, this whole circle of life. And, you know, asking, uh, talking to Larry Draper and he's kind of asking, <laughs> coaching, coaching advice on clips and how to do some clipping stuff for, for video. So um, it's pretty cool that you still, those guys are still in your life. We're guesting with Jason Chimera, former Oiler, former NHLer. Now, did I? I mean, you're a fifth round draft pick by the Oilers in 1997. Um, I don't know. Maybe you considered yourself a bit of a later bloomer. I'm not sure. But man, did you ever think you'd end up playing 1,100 games in the NHL? No, I, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, it, it, I still think about it. It's still crazy, and um, it went by so fast. But like, I, I never. I was just one guy who just kind of plugged away every day, trying to try to win that day, try to win that day. And I think um, I was kind of a late bloomer because I, I remember uh, when uh, Central Scouting came around, and it was my draft year, and it, I was remember we had to put some weights weights in my shoes and kind of stuff my <laughs> shorts with some weights because they only weighed like 145 pounds. I was trying to get up to 150, so I would look better. So, <laughs> uh, but so it was a uh, I kind of and then after that I kind of grew a bit and kind of filled out a bit so but I never in my wildest dreams I never mm-hmm. thought I could play for the Edmonton Oilers which which I did we did for a bit there and I I mean just uh, the way the whole career kind of came about it was just uh, I, I still pitch myself and mm-hmm. um, and I, I I guess you take it for granted when you're playing a bit and then now you're 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 not playing and you realize how cool it was and how special it was to play that long and just kind of I don't know like I said I just I still can't believe that mm-hmm. that was that was my life for for sixteen, seventeen years because now I coach these kids and <laughs> I got to do that for a living. So it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. We're with uh, Edmonton's Jason Chimera, um, former NHLer, now turned uh, hockey coach, uh, which a lot of great players have done, and, and Jason's one of them. So um, whenever someone or you know guys that are I guess my age or your age a little bit, they always marvel at your skating, how good it was at the start of your career and then how it didn't you didn't seem to lose a, a step really till the end of your career um was it something that you you really worked on it was natural how did that all come about for you yeah i think it was natural to start off with i think i i was really fast to start off with but then i kind of got hooked up with uh um uh stephanie hanlon when i was when i was kind of a bantam age um uh, so that kind of hooked me up there, and Stephanie kind of re- redefined my skating a bit—not not changed it a bit, but 
she really made me think of different ways. And um, my trainer also, Barry Bott, Premier Strength, like those two people um, really kind of, as you know, it, it, my skating kind of got me through uh, the different transitions in the game too. So I, I was, I was able to, I was able to play a big man game when I first started and the game kind of transitions, lots of speed and kind of my speed kept me in the game for a lot, a lot of years. So um, those two people, Stephanie Hanlon and uh, Barry, but I owe a lot, I owe a lot to those people that, that helped me along the way. Uh, what was it about uh, when you went to Columbus that kind of things maybe took off for you? You, you sort of maybe uh, kind of got a little more comfortable, a little bit older. What was it about once you got to Columbus in uh, 2005 or somewhere in there that where things sort of uh, maybe the game slowed down for you a little bit? Of that is that kind of safe to say? Yeah, I think I think so. I think in Edmonton I was kind of uh, you know fourth line guy. Didn't play much PK. Didn't play much power play. And then. Uh, uh, when I got to Columbus, I got the opportunity to play both, and I uh, played with Manny Merholtra, Trevor Latowski, uh, those kind of guys for the first couple of years, and um, it really uh, they gave me a role, and um, I kind of got to play more minutes and be more comfortable, and uh, just kind of paved my path. So I think uh, a lot to do with opportunity and just 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 like confidence. I, I mean, there's so many good players now nowadays, and. Uh, you have to kind of find define your role and what what you want to do and what you want to be. And um, I was fortunate enough to give an opportunity to Columbus to, to do both of those, and um, and so that that really helped me along the way. And um, got to play some good minutes in, in Columbus, and so that, that I think that was a big thing. Opportunity was a big thing for sure. Uh, we are with Jason Chimera, a longtime NHLer, over eleven hundred games uh, in the National Hockey League. After Columbus, you go to Washington. You had a, a front row seat to watch Alex Ovechkin for oh a half dozen years or so. What was that like? Yeah, I think I think the best thing about I got to do is watch these guys in practice every day. So. <laughs> Uh, like Backstrom, Semin, um, you know, Oshie was there, uh, Kuznetsov, like a whole bunch of guys. When I first got there, Brennan Morrison was there, and guy, older guys were there. And, um, just to watch these guys in practice was, was, was the best thing. I think uh, they're so talented and things they could do with the puck and it's things that you could never even think about <laughs> doing. They would do in the games at, at such a slow pace and their their minds would slow down so much. And uh, Obi is one of those guys who was, enjoyed being at the rink and every day was a fun fun thing for him to be at the rink and he brought a lot of life a lot of energy and he's one of those guys who celebrate every goal with you like he was one of those guys who cheer you on and you score a goal it's just like he, he scored a goal so he was one of those guys who, who was a great teammate great person I think uh, and you know when my kids came around to the room they treated my kids with like well, utmost yeah. respect had, some, had a time of day for them and um, they are really really good people that that like I mean, pretty lucky and pretty fortunate. I was there for seven, eight years to watch these guys play hockey for for a lot of years. Like I said, like you said, it was, I had the best seat in the house. <laughs> a lot of times I was sitting there watching them, and even in games, you're thinking, "Holy smokes, how they do this!" So it's uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, we're with uh, Jason Chimera. We hear all the stories about Ovechkin from the outside, but you said you you had a front row seat. Can you kind of uh, shed a little light about the person that was celebrating all those goals with you, or so happy, like he's just as happy for anyone to score as he is himself? Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you a little story because so he, uh, I don't know if it was the MVP or he won the um, scoring race the one year or goal scored or the. So I don't know what he won, but like, um, so he had a meeting with all the players uh, when he got back to the back to the uh, 
in summer for the training camp, and mm-hmm. he and he called us into the thing, and he he gave us uh he gave us all Breitling watches, but Breitling watches aren't exactly cheap, <laughs> and so he, he's not the type of guy is he just kind of whatever he did as a person, he believed that the team helped him do that, so. Uh, just a, that's the kind of a story. What kind of guy he is? So I mean, that tells you what kind of person he is. Oh, amazing! Um, I I assume you're one of the the people that think that he'll break Wayne Gretzky's record. Yeah, I, I you know I if he keep I, I I was one of those people who said probably no to start off with, and then now I'm like holy smokes, he just keeps on scoring goals, finding a way to score goals, and and that even even uh, even Wayne Wayne's one of those guys who said you know I, I hope he breaks it and. I think everybody's hoping he breaks it because, um, like those guys, for what you like, now he's got a cup and he's got that stuff. They they care about that stuff. Mm-hmm. They care about breaking records. They care about being the best, and they want to have a legacy in the game. And um, so those, I, I don't think he'll stop until he does. So I think he, uh, I hope he does for sure. Um, Seventy-two goals back. Alex Ovechkin is of uh, Wayne Gretzky all time. Eight ninety-four for Gretzky. Eight twenty-two. Uh, for Ovechkin. Uh, text coming in for uh, Jason Chimera. Uh, this is from Daryl. Say hi to Jason. His brother Jeff brought him to the Silver Bullet Bar the day after he was drafted by the Oilers. I was yeah. the DJ. Do you remember that, Chimmer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember, remember, the, remember the Silver Bullet Bar. That was a, that was a staple for us South Side guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, we was, yeah, it, was, it was happening back in the day. We, we loved it there. It was like... Uh, um, you know, the fun place to be because all his buddies would be there and just a great, great time there for sure. Oh. Jeff, yeah, Jeff introduced me to the Silver Bowl for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, this one comes in and says, I love to watch Jason when he was with Medicine Hat. Remember him coming to the house for supper uh, and him wearing flip-flops in December. We are distant cousins. Uh, always enjoyed watching his career. That's cousin Devin. I'm sure these are the guys that were coming out of the woodworks looking for tickets, eh, Jimmer? <laughs> no, I remember that for sure. Oh. We were yeah, it was like uh, it was funny because we I did I did wear my flip flops and my everywhere in the winter. People were like, "What the hell is your problem?" <laughs> so, I don't know how I didn't get frostbite, but uh, oh yeah, it, it's it's true though. A lot of those guys, like everyone, did wore the flip flops in December. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Now now the, now the flip flops with the uh, socks and sandals are cool nowadays again. So we I, bring that back. I do it yeah. all the time. I do it all the time. <laughs> Who cares? No one yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, you had three 20-goal seasons uh, in the NHL, two of them with Washington, one with the Islanders. Um, so that that kind of success during the regular season was always there. You were, you were you, again, a big contributor um, for, for all these teams that you played for, and a lot of this seemed to happen later in your career. Why, why do you think that you were um, almost better towards the tail end of your career than when you started? I think I started having more fun. Um, I kind of lost that a bit. Like I was, like as you know, NHL is pretty pressure pressure packed, mm-hmm. and you're expected to perform every day. And um, I began to have a family. I had kids at home, and I really didn't bring the game home with me too much. Um, uh, I had to be a parent when I got home, and I kind of forgot about things and kind of dropped them when I got home because I couldn't take that bad stuff home with me. And uh, have negatively affect my impact on my family, my wife, and my kids. So I think that really helped me ground me and um, having someone other than just hockey in my life, and that 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 definitely helped. And I just every day was kind of you know I hung on things a little too mm-hmm. too much when I was when I first started, and I think I kind of let things go and just every day was kind of a new day and kind of 
so that was that was a big thing for my family so that helped yeah i guess all part of uh, growing older maturing uh, and things like yeah. that uh, as yeah. we yeah for sure as we uh, guess with uh, jason chimera former nhler over 1100 games played 186 career goals 229 help, helpers and 415 points and uh, you know what chimmer 900 892 let's not get 900 yet 892 pims you got to be happy about that just give me, just give me nine hundred. That sounds better. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I enjoyed uh, probably a lot of tens in there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> for beak, for for beak in the refs, probably yeah. a lot of tens in there. But uh, I enjoyed the physical part of it. I enjoyed the uh, towards the end of my career, it wasn't much fighting anymore. But I enjoyed that uh, sticking up for teammates. I enjoyed being, um, and we back in the day, you had a lot of fighting just because because mm-hmm. you're battling in front, and all of a sudden you drop your gloves and you're. Uh, that, that's kind of maybe lost in the game nowadays a little bit. I think mm-hmm. uh, this seems to be only a fight when someone is, has a big hit. So I don't, uh, I, I, I don't understand that part of it. But, um, but I enjoyed the, I, I, I enjoyed the physical part. That's why I enjoyed playoffs so much because it was just like a cage match yeah. with, with, on ice. So I think it was. That's why it was fun to play hockey. It was fun to compete. Fun to win battles and. I really enjoyed that part of it. Uh, you went overseas and played a little bit uh, in Europe during um, work stoppages and things like that. I kind of thought maybe you would go at the tail end of your career. Did you have an opportunity to go back to Europe and play a little bit, or was it just time to say, yeah, you know, family, you know, kids, yada, yada? Yeah, you know, I, I, it comes back to my playing 1,100 games. I never thought I'd play that long. I think I always thought I'd have an t- opportunity to go over to Europe, and uh, play there, and I, that was always one of my kind of um, things, like bucket list things. And I, but I, I I'm not going to sit here and complain that I mm-hmm. got to play 1100 games. And, and by the time I was uh, 11 games, my wife, my wife and kids had moved back. Uh, I had some chances to go out east again for um, some contracts out there, but I just, uh, uh, I, I think I was done dragging my kids and family around. They wanted, yeah. you know, it was unfair to them to. Keep, keep doing that. My wife was a nurse, and she wanted to work, and um, and she she gave up her life for for a lot of years for me, just uh, taking care of the kids. And uh, so it was time for mm-hmm. me to kind of sell down roots and not just think about me, think about my family. So that was uh, it was hard. I think it was a hard day, but it wasn't. Uh, it was an easy decision because um, you know you, you think about them too. Yeah. Uh, text comes in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty from the beer man. I used to sell beer in the section where your family had season tickets. I talked to your mom all the time. Nice lady. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, yeah, my dad is probably complaining about the beer prices. That's, uh, not, probably... <laughs> not cold enough, maybe. Yeah. yeah, not cold enough, and the prices are too high. And then uh, my, my mom was probably talking to her up about how good I was, why I was on the power play, why I wasn't on a PK, why why I'm not out yeah. there. So she, you, you probably you probably lost some beer sales just by she's, she's yapping, yapping. So it was pretty fun. Yeah. But no, they're my biggest supporters. Uh, you know, as you know, you're not you're nothing with, without the lessons your parents teach you. And you know, my parents are the you know the rocks mm-hmm. of what what I am and what what I stand for, and they're. You know, I can't thank them enough, and uh, just great people, great, great morals. They got great, uh, great, they got great moral compass. Like I said, my dad's just a fantastic human being. My mom's a fantastic human being. So. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be anywhere without them. Uh, from IMAC, loved his speed for a big guy. I can't imagine how scary it would have been to have this guy chasing me into a corner. And then this one uh, for you, Chimmer. Uh, does uh, does Jason Chimera cheer for the Oilers now? 
Yeah, no, I do. I, I'm a local guy. I want the Oilers to do well, and I'm, 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 I'm a big part of the uh, Oilers alumni, so mm-hmm. I do cheer for them. And I want, I, I'm from this city, and I've always been a Edmonton Oilers fan at heart because um, uh, I grew up here. And uh, during the, you know, used to have, used to have sleepovers watching the yeah. Calgary Flames games and Oilers games on uh, on hockey night in Canada. Um, so you still cheer for them. You want them to do well, and I, you know, there'd be nothing better. The, for this city and the fans and the people involved to bring a cup back here for sure. I think they got the team to do it and that would be just a remarkable thing for the city and the fans. Oh, well said, uh, Chimmer. Uh, hey, thanks for doing this. And uh, What's on your schedule here in the guests as hockey season starts up for you uh, coaching and things like that? Yeah, I'm coaching a U15 uh, Pandas team, a girls team, which is awesome. Uh, we're off to a good start. We had some four exhibition games we won all four of them so the girls are awesome the uh me and a guy named dave cooper are coaching oh, yeah. uh, her, his, his daughter's on my team she's just a fantastic player and um so coop has helped me out just a great 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 help on a, he's a he's a d-man so he helps all the d-man we got a great one-two punch with him and I, I can't thank him enough for helping me coach and um just a fantastic group of ladies i got again and like i said i i, I really do believe like I'm a better coach and better, better coach in a female game. I'm much much more patient and much more fun with these girls. And uh, <laughs> just uh, just a fun thing again. The Panthers has a great organization and they do a great job with the girls. So, uh, yeah, David Cooper, former Buffalo Sabres draft pick, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, first first round draft pick. Yeah, eleventh overall. He he was a guy who could who could move the puck and walk the line like no one's business. And he yeah he had a lot to add for these girls, which is which mm-hmm. is really. Truly, truly special. We've got two guys that kind of played the game and could help these girls learn the game, and just uh, and they've, sure. already, they've already improved over two weeks, which is fantastic. So and it's awesome to see. Big time uh, golfer at the country club too. Are you? Did you get out uh, a few times this year, or what? No time. Yeah, I got a member. I got a membership at Blackhawks yeah. out there, and uh, Dave's Dave's out at the country club. Yeah, yeah so uh, he's. They got a group. They had a great group there too. So yeah. Blackhawks. So perfect. Hey, Chimmer, thanks for doing this. Uh, maybe we'll bump into you at an alumni skate. Uh, we have to put probably thirty pound weights on your ankles to kind of even things up for <laughs> for the guys. But <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot for having me on. Okay, thanks, Chimmer. Take care, big guy. Uh, all right. See ya. That's uh, Jason Chimera, former Oiler, NHLer. Uh, man, those guys just—they love coaching. Now you know you get into a situation where you played for so long, and now you're coaching. The wisdom and the, uh, all the knowledge that they can pass on—it's—it's uh, uh, immeasurable. Uh, we are back to wrap things up here. Uh, final segment coming up on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the uh, home stretch. Here, you're going to have to help me out with that one, Duke. I have no sniff. That song. Why are you looking at me like that? No, 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 no reason. Oh. It's uh, that's the struts. Oh. Uh, it's a little bit of a newer. That song's oh. pretty. That's several years old now. I'm struts. I'm not very up on like new music. Like I don't get to new music until about mm-hmm. like three or four years later. Sometimes, um, and even recently, like apart from some uh, just very specific artists on the country music scene that I follow new releases of. I just like the new music now. A lot of it doesn't quite uh, do it for me mm-hmm. anymore. But you know, that's just me. Um, Struts, that's the name of the band? The Struts, yeah, you bet. Group out of England, I think. Okay. Um, Big hot topic of conversation coming up on Fantasy Frenzy at 11 o'clock with? Former Roshep T-Bird. Honor Halley and the Duke of Delburn. From Adam Schefter, the New York Jets are planning to add to their quarterback room veteran quarterback Trevor Simeon. 
It's signing with the Jets, pending a physical, per sources. Real game breaker, Trevor Simeon. What if he he's a quarterback, like, right away? Could you imagine how bad you would have to be if you're Zach Wilson or how ticked off you'd be? Man. I don't know how he could be ticked off. He's had the I get opportunity. It, it's, I get it, but, like, they're not bringing it. This is Trevor Simeon. So I got, I'm, I'm kind of going... How could I be losing my job to Trevor Simeon is what I'm getting at. Uh, all you'd have to do is go back and watch the game tape of yourself it. the past couple of weeks, and oh. I think it's pretty clear how you lose your job Figure something Simeon. out. Take up a new profession then. Yeah. Bring in, bring back Joe Namath. <laughs> I think even uh, at, in, right now, Joe Namath might be able to well, fare better than Zach Wilson out there. You know, the, uh, you remember Ty Cobb, obviously, right? Yes. You remember the old Ty Cobb line? Uh, he was asked... Uh, what and Ty Cobb was a career 367 hitter, I believe. Uh, he was asked at a dinner later in his career or later in his life, uh, what do you think? How do you, uh, you know what would your average be against today's pitching? Because the pitching today is a lot better. And Ty Cobb said, ah, uh, probably around 260. And the guy goes, 260? You were a career 367. And Ty Cobb said, yeah, but I'm 75 years old right now. <laughs> So, Ty Cobb. There's another movie. Ty Cobb. Tommy Lee Jones was in it. It was called Ty Cobb? It was just called Cobb. Tommy oh. Lee Jones did a phenomenal... And, I mean, there was one ornery SOB. Yeah, that's the reputation that ornery. precedes uh, Mr. Cobb. The uh, genesis of that movie was the there was a sports writer that was going... Uh, Ty Cobb hired him to go and write his memoir, write his autobiography. Um, this sports writer in the movie, I, I can't remember who played him, but he went to Ty Cobb's place and he was on his deathbed and basically drinking and popping pills every day just to stay alive. Ty Cobb made a fortune in Coca-Cola stock, a fortune. Uh, that's real life, um, but there's another one. So you got the replacements, you got Cobb. You got a lot of things to do, Duke. You got to worry about Trevor Simeon now coming up. Yeah, we, uh, we're going to have our weekly waiver wire roundtable with uh, Declan Kruger and I believe Gavin Turnick of Oilers Nation is joining us again today. Mm-hmm. So that might be the hot topic of the day. What should you be paying for Trevor Simeon on your <laughs> waiver wire? Well, where's Chris Trevler? Again, Texture uh, Cards is written in just now. Chris Trevler, Mike White were both better than Zach Wilson. I, uh, Mike White is now the backup okay. in Miami, okay. I believe. Uh, Chris Trevler, I'm not sure where he is at at the moment, actually. That is a, a good question. And actually, that's a name that we uh, originally, yeah. right after the injury to uh, Aaron Rodgers in week one, um, both uh, you and I and uh, mm-hmm. on the Fantasy Friends, we kind of said a guy like Strevler. Nathan Rourke, uh, we saw what he did, a great preseason for the Jags and is is just down on the practice squad right now, seeing if like a guy like that could get a chance. And obviously, we're biased mm-hmm. in some of these names coming from uh, the CFL background. But yeah, th- there seems to be an infinite number of better options than Zach Wilson at this moment, including Trevor Simeon. Remember Chris Trevler when they won the Great Cup in Winnipeg and he was parading around almost. Uh, did he have, it was almost like that, like um, uh, a buffalo, uh, a buffalo fur vest. Was that what he had on? <laughs> that I don't recall. <laughs> like it was cold, and the, the 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 party was on in Winnipeg. They had the parade, and he was just marching around, and like, you know, he had the wife beater sleeves on. Um, he was a beauty when he played here for sure, and kind of, I guess his. Uh, they kind of thought it was the shiny new toy 
uh, when, in New Orleans, right? And then they thought Strebler could kind of do the same thing. Um, Braden maybe knows something that we don't hear. I believe Strebler is injured and out for the season. That is ringing a bell. Did he not? Uh, there was some sort of a, uh, not a lawsuit or anything, but he was. Uh, they talked about him getting some cash from the Jets. I believe that's what it was. Um, hmm. <laughs> some of these texts that come in, I just, you know, it's hard to believe that they are coming in. Um, are you checking anything out on Strebler? Because I can't find anything on him. Uh, the only, the last thing I see <laughs> is a Google result. What happened to Chris Strebler? There you go. Um, injured his throwing thumb, hitting it on a helmet in uh, Thursday's Hall of Fame oh. game. Because I, I was going to say, I, okay. I watched that Hall of Fame game uh, and I regretted it because it was so terrible um, in preseason action. But yeah, Strebler was in that game yeah. and looking like, um, yeah, waved him with injury designation. The Jets okay. did following that. Uh, my buddy Hamer has just uh, texted in and says uh, that he's a, a free agent. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Um, uh, from Old Spaghetti, uh, Zach Wilson feels pressure around him, just sits, drops without being touched. What kind of quarterback does that? Uh, he plays like he doesn't want to be out there. That's basically what Joe Namath said in his comments on the Michael K. show in New York uh, earlier uh, this week. Uh, what's the? Uh, are we going to place odds on uh, Schlemmer being back tomorrow after his bout with the flu? And what you you're the producer here, man? What's the fine for uh, Schlemmer? Is he got to bring donuts in or something or what? Well, that would be a good um, a good move on his part. You know, get a little goodwill going back amongst the uh, oh, the folks here at the exactly. station. But I, I won't hold him against against him. I think he gets probably one free pass. It's a shame that he had to use it so early in his tenure here on the station. Um, but we're, I'm looking forward to having Schlemmer back in, tell, mm-hmm. uh, tell some stories. Already got a few few great guests lined up tomorrow uh, while he's going to be in studio, so it should be a fun day. And we're hoping, and maybe we can get it. We're, we can't promise anything because I haven't talked to Schlemmer yet, but we were hoping that maybe we can get Paul Beeson in on uh, tomorrow because, of course, the two play together in Arizona. So uh, David Schlemko will be back, hopefully in studio, after his uh, family bout with the flu tomorrow at uh, 9 o'clock. And uh, for those of we talked about it yesterday and today a little bit, uh, Grant Fear unable to make it our Tuesday morning regular co-host. Uh, 9 to 11, he'll be back uh, next week for sure. Uh, he's attending duties with the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Uh, Man, we had another jam-packed show today. Uh, great to have Dave Randorf on talking about his old days in uh, the Canadian markets with TSN Sportsnet, now the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning play-by-play. Mark Spector brings it every day for Booster Juice, our uh, on-the-mark segment uh, at 8 o'clock. Frank Saravelli's in Western Canada. He'll be in Edmonton tomorrow night, I think. Then he'll be at the game on Wednesday. Uh, the daily face-off and our headliner of the day uh, for Mr. Reuter. It was great to talk to Chris Mason. And, man, was he disappointed that uh, uh, Grant Fear wasn't able to talk. Uh, so we're going to have Chris Mason on again down the road when Fearsy will uh, join us uh, at uh, 9 to 11 on a Tuesday coming up. Terry Vaughn, the former CFLer and the newest member of the Double E Wall of Honor, 42nd member to go up, uh, guested with us at 10 o'clock and some great stories from uh, Jason Chimera uh, with Alex Ovechkin talking about it. Uh, Chimera now uh, coaching in town, so uh, really exciting uh, to have Jason Chimera on. Coming up at 11 o'clock is Fantasy Frenzy with... A former Rosh T-Bird. 
Connor Alley and the Duke of Delburn. That goes till 12 o'clock from 12 to 2. It's the lowdown with low tide with Alan Mitchell. And then uh, Jason Greger will drive us home from 2 to 6 right here on Sports 1440. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Keeper between the ditches. First up, here's a sports update with the Duke.